called Edge. It's very much focused on uh, macro, uh, more so than the micro. What we're doing today uh, is a little bit of macro to micro. Um, this is focused on kind of pro to pro engagement. I run a club product. This is the Edge. Um, I run a pro a club product, which includes a live trading room and all of my macro to micro analysis. And we also have a community product, um, Discord. It takes place in Discord. And it's very much for um, uh, more momentum traders, chase traders on an intraday, overnight, you know, a few days kind of thing. Folks that are coming into the market more new um, and want some really solid analysis, mentoring, and uh, trade setups. So I got a bunch of phenomenal uh, um, trading room moderators in this community. Um, and again, they're mostly younger, mostly chasing, using mostly options, um, but it's great education, great fun, great sense of community. Um, I run the main club product, which includes a lot of live trading, lots of um, intermarket analysis. Um, I have a trend portfolio, which is uh, focused on long only. It runs the, um, from months to years. I have a swing portfolio, which is both long and short, and they're weeks to months. And also includes some of the kind of macro stuff like uh, bonds and and some currencies, but mostly it's uh, um, equities. And then uh, the chase stuff is uh, very much the intraday um, drama that because I run a live trading room, I can. So, for example, this morning I had some very strong uh, feeling that we were going to kind of roll over. So we had some nice shorts and I can show you what those look like as an example um, but we're not done, obviously. We've got some geopolitical drama and then VIX populating higher. Um, anyway, I do have my um, YouTube videos here. I have a bunch of contributors, by the way. So I've got uh, basically um, 10. Uh, I was going to say I've got James and operations, but they're not contributing. So um, I've got 10 dedicated full-time contributors from macro to micro. Uh, we also have uh, some of our videos up here. There's Craig, there's Rithika. So check out our YouTube channel. Um, you can follow me on uh, at Samantha LaDuke or at LaDuke Trading. And then uh, let me know if you have any questions. Um, I am happy to kind of take a look at markets right now. We have some stabilization, but real quick, let me just see if we have, oops, sorry, didn't mean to do that. If we hit my level just yet, and then I can go through and take a look. I'm still in it. All right. So one of the things that I do every day is I kind of look through the market um, from a heat map standpoint. And this is uh, first thing before the market opens. And then I kind of go through uh, very, very key macro tells the dollar. This is gold on a two hour. This is crude. Uh, this is our 10 year uh, treasury um, yield. And then, of course, uh, the Qs and spy. So this is kind of an intraday look. And I'm I'm tracking that constantly. I also have a big picture on the dollar. This is a weekly, daily kind of look and some levels that we need to stay above, which basically um, imply more bearish action. And then once we fall below kind of 105.77 on a weekly, we'll uh, likely have some tailwind for equities higher. I take a look at bonds. I've been a huge bond bear since uh, summer of 2020, specifically um, August, I made a call and then I doubled down on it in October of 2021. Um, we ended up having the largest drawdown in history in 2022, um, even before this historic drawdown. So long story short, we've had three years of historic losses um, in bonds, U.S. Treasuries are the collateral that kind of make the rest of the world go round. And uh, that has obviously fallen as yields have risen. So yields are quite bid. In fact, I had a, a price target last year for uh, th for the 10 year of 4.7. And then I had to increase it, right? Because when we hit 4.7 last month, I'm like, okay, now the next level is 4.9. Well, we're above 4.9. That's causing uh, some of this volatility. Um, I go over stuff like oil. This is uh, crude. Uh, Nat gas. We obviously have some movement here because of uh, risk premium. Geopolitical risk is driving that higher. And now we also have uh, gold as with war vibes. So this is continuous contract. I happen to have the dollar yen over here. This is USD JPY. So I will be happy to answer questions on currency as well. Um, I actually look at currency uh, dollar yen um, this is the JGB, the 10 years percolating higher. If 80, then 100, more likely. 
uh, that Bank of Japan has, has uh, kind of threatened to tap this down at 150, and it's been sticking that landing um, pretty firmly for you know for a few months now. Um, this was the October intervention that we had in the Chinese um, yuan and yen um, back in uh, 2022, bottom when equity stopped going down. So anyway, I'm looking at all this stuff all the time and for clients, depending on whether they're macro or micro and depending on whether they're looking at short duration uh, chases like risk right now that we have um, or kind of longer termed sector rotation and themes. This happens to be kind of a, a ratio that I use intraday to tell if the market uh, is directionally bullish or bearish. And then I gauge the intensity of, of the moves. So that's uh, how I work, just big picture and taking a look through uh, the market structure. And right now, this is SPX on an hourly. You can kind of see where we got uh, tapped down. This has been a big area. I've been watching 43.76. We get above, we get below. We just can't seem to get and stay above. Um, and we really, bulls really, 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 really want to see that taken out and stay above because intraday, we have SPX price target gap that could be filled once the market starts moving higher, a 44.01. And then we even have, hold on, we even have a level way the heck up here of 45.02. And then we even have a level up here of 45.75, let's call it. So we've got three gaps above once the market stabilizes and starts to turn higher, which right now, obviously, it's pressured um, for lots of reasons that we can talk about. But that's the, the gist of it is we get some volatility coming into the marketplace because of uh, very strong yields and geopolitical risk. And they are starting to sell today. So I have a price target of 42.68, and then we'll see what happens. Um, but right now, this is the big kind of uh, risk off today of what's happening abroad, um, overseas. And, and it's an accident waiting to happen with lots of uh, posturing and military interceptions and headlines um, and bombing and and so on. So I'm bearish. We got to get through this period just like we did um, with Ukraine and Russia back in uh, early part of 2022. And then once we kind of priced in all of the ramifications, the real big ramifications of uh, of of energy crisis and supply chain disruptions, then the market. Uh, after a while, kind of settled down and was able to move higher, uh, thanks to a lot of central bank coordinated intervention. But right now, we don't have that. We have uh, we're right in the thick of things. So um, these are my this is my chart layout that I use and help clients with. So I'll just kind of go over a few quick things that we did this morning, and then you can ask me anything you want. Um, first of all, Eli Lilly is actually a trade that has been in my trend long portfolio for over a year and a month. So it was actually recommended in July of 2022 um, for a trend long. And then uh, recently kind of warned it was getting extended, expected a pullback to this 538, 534 area. We got it. It got defended again very nicely. So in other words, I track this one all the time because it's already a trend long. Um, this morning, it started to break out and here's a gap fill on the hourly. So hour means chase. This D is for day and it means swing. And week is basically trend. So as long as it's staying above this 10 week, I'm very, very happy to keep it as a trend. Once it starts to break down, like text did, text started to break down and started to roll over, it is taken off. So just to kind of give you that example. But today, this was the chase, literally gave this price target 582.26, it worked. Another one was LRCX. And basically it had a really nice formation as well. It had already broken the 10 week. Looked like it was going to come back down and it had not yet triggered below this trend line. So it was one of those deals where it had to hit six, it had to break 615 to head down to 600 and it did. That's an example of a chase as well. Once it breaks 600, it takes into a new time frame, which is swing, which means it's going to take a little bit longer. It's not going to be one and done. Um, one example that I didn't get into, unfortunately, even though I called it. Uh, yesterday had mentioned in the room that VMware looked terrible. Absolutely looked like it. Literally, I said, VMware is cooked. And I said, as long as it stays below 170, 
I can see this heading down to this uh, kind of 155, 154 area. And next thing I know this morning, this was the 155 area I had as a price target. It had already completely retraced 100% FIB on this daily time frame, came all the way back down and literally just wiped out all of the gains since July um, and tagged 145.73. So it really, really happened very quickly. Otherwise, that had been setting up as a nice swing short, but it's already done. <laughs> um, Tesla was an earnings play. And this was an easy one, relatively speaking, because I've already been bearish. Um, Tesla, you can see on the weekly from a kind of standpoint of the last time they had earnings, tag your it, nice bearish engulfing, and then a rollover. Got very, very supported, moved back higher, but couldn't make a higher high on a weekly, rolled over, got supported the last two weeks, but that was it. As long as it stayed below a close on 263, um, earnings, I said, I don't have an edge with earnings, but they look weak. They are expected to come in weak. So this was a situation where if you happen to want to play earnings, you were right uh, direction. But my chase level, in other words, when we opened up this morning, we actually opened at 225.82. I'll go over, over here to the chase time frame. This was 225 right here. Now, these are already there, but the point is, and that's already there. I said, I think we're going to tag this 217.58 today. So if you're looking for some lotto chase short, that would be a really, really logical one because that was the gap up back in uh, mid-August. And so we are there. So those are examples of um, price targets depending on your time frame. Um, I still think Tesla is a good short. Um, in fact, there's a whole bunch of options stacked at the 202.50 level, which is a little bit above this quarterly um, support level. So it's not hard to imagine it's going to come down to this 200-day bounce and then break. So Tesla, LRCX, um, uh, Eli Lilly, those are just examples of either protecting a trend long, like Eli Lilly with a, a, a chase that is very short duration, or a swing short that then picks up speed um, on the day that it actually reports into some very key you know, areas which that wasn't that wasn't tough to imagine. Um, Qs, this was my price target that I gave clients and I closed my trading room, by the way, at 11. So I have to have a really good conviction in order to give a level that hasn't hit yet. Like I'm not gonna be live during that um, time that it actually hits. But my contention is that it would roll over and break 362 and come back down to that 360 area. It just so happened that the exact level I gave was 360.66, and that hit as well. So the only one that hasn't hit today in my um, short calls is, in fact, SPX. So we'll see. We're almost there. 42.68.50. And we're at 42.79-ish. Now, that's a lot. But here's how I come up with that short. I have this thing with SPX. Once it takes out 0.65% drawdown, as long as it stays below 0.65% drawdown, which you can see clearly it is right now, okay, we're at 0.8%, it's going to tag 1.5%. So I come up with this. This is something I do with my own kind of, you know, pattern recognition deal. But uh, this is my bet still. So four out of my five price targets so far have hit. And I still believe that that's going to head down um, another 10 bucks today. Maybe I'm wrong, but directionally, it's a still a really great chase. Okay, so I got a few questions on here. Um, let's see, let's see. We got SPX. Yes, yes. And then you have SPR. We did SPX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure. I don't like Direxian. No, no, no. But I will do it for you because you asked and because that's what I'm doing. So I'm not at all excited about these leveraged ETFs. Not at all. I'd much rather trade SPY, SPX, um, but because this is obviously working and a lot of clients, I have to admit, like um, SQQQ and all that kind of stuff, I will tell you this is a very nice, you know, push higher above the 10 and 21 on a weekly. Why am I caring here? Because this shows a trend reversal. So first thing I want to do is I want to see if it's in a downtrend like this, where the 10 and the 21 are following. And then it starts to kind of gyrate around. It's making a lower high. That 10 is flattening out. The 10 is now crossing over. Okay, price is getting tagged by the 21 week, but it's calming. This is very bullish engulfing. 
So this particular candle, and it's only Thursday by 317, the low of 1471, and then this prior week, 1476. So this is engulfing the price action nearly, not perfectly, but nearly um, of this prior bar. So all it really needs to do now, um, Aries, not Aries, sorry, um, I can't tell, four, five, six, four, one, <laughs> is uh, get and stay above 16, and it can make a nice uh, continued move up to 17, which obviously, this is a leveraged, three-time leveraged bear ETF. It is not an investment um, uh, play, because it is a derivative product, which means this is meant to go down, okay? You are swimming against the current when you're using these uh, highly leveraged ETFs. I don't like them. But if it's your choice, I'm letting you know, yes, it looks like a trend reversal. Yes, it's a very nice weekly uh, engulfing bar. It looks very solid on its way to 1710. Um, you need to make sure it stays above, you know, this 15 area. And obviously, I've, you know, got some lines on here because I've got clients that are interested in it as well. Um, here's your 200, which is the 200 day. Just remember, it's descending 200. So what happens is, it usually runs into the 200 and then gets rejected because it's a descending. So this is uh, why I'm not so crazy about that particular vehicle. All right, so Aries, SPR, um, SPR, Spirit Arrow Systems Holdings. This is, um, if I remember correctly, engine uh, supplier to Boeing. And I believe that they are popping up, not because of earnings, but because they're in trouble. And Boeing's actually infusing money into this holding, um, into this main supplier. So unfortunately, I'm not you know, so excited about, first of all, I'm not excited about Boeing. Let me just kind of show you that. This is a protracted downtrend. It hasn't done anything, anything yet to bottom and turn higher. So them throwing money at SPR was the reason for the season for this um, spike higher, but it's hitting its head on the 100. So let's see. First of all, you got to let me know if you're kind of long or if you're short and also your duration. Are you looking at it for today? Are you looking at it as a continuation play? Um, you know, I need to have a little bit more input on what you want from me, and then I'm happy to try and help. Uh, this is a big channel that it's in right now. It got above the 55-day. That's nice. Um, it needs to stay above 1982. I think this is going to churn around for probably uh, a while. And then once, if if and when it can get and stay above 22 and a half, uh, it can make you know a move back up into the 200-day. But again, it's in trouble. So Boeing's trying to help it bail out, sort of a bail in. Maybe it's a bail in. Anyway, I, I'm not um, I'm not excited about this play as a trend reversal. Um, and I'm letting you know that this is a channel of potential chop. TLT, Robert, really? Really? Okay, so <laughs> TLT. Um, I don't know if you follow me or not, but I'm a big bond bear. Big, 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 big. So I have been, not, not for nothing, but solidly without any change, totally consistent since summer of 2020. I did a big, long article in October of 2021 that basically said, um, you know, uh, wage deflation ended with COVID. I'm getting to a point here, um, but that was going to upset bonds in a big way. In other words, inflation was going to be in, uh, sticky, more than sticky, become entrenched. Wage inflation would pick up um, and, and bond. that's just the, the enemy of bonds among, that was the early reason. Now I have all kinds of new reasons. We've got treasury issuance. We've got term premia um, that's being demanded. I just did an interview uh, with Sirius XM last week on this exact topic. So you can kind of um, look at my Twitter feed and, and, and listen to that 10 minute interview. But I talk about yields because they, they make the, the market um, in large part, uh, either uh, headwind or tailwind. So long story short, TLT, I have as an 81 price target. So I had, had, repeat, had 85 last year. So literally last year, I made a new call, which was that yields would go to 4.7%. Here's your 10-year. Oops, that's not the 10-year. Okay, so I had a call that yields would go to 4.7%. This is right here. And I made a bet literally over a year ago, September 22nd, if I remember correctly. Uh, we would have 4.7% on a 10-year. I was very, very, very confident of that by the end of this year. 
So it hit already, right? It already hit. And this is on a weekly. So kind of keep that in mind. It's obviously above, right? So now what's my new level? Well, that's the tricky thing. See this black? Once we get above 4.9, we've got 5.1, 5.3. There's a there's a, a whole bunch of risk off once we get and stay above 4.9 in equities. Unless we get Bank of Japan intervention or central bank intervention or some kind of intervention um, where this actually reverses strongly and comes back down. It is very extended from its mean. Its mean right now, the 10-year I'm talking about, is more in the 4.5 area. So um, 4.9 working on five is a big deal, big, big, big deal. And that kind of translates, long story short, to TLT 81 or 80 and a half. So the two, here's what I posted for clients. Hold on. Um, hold on. All right. So I've got this, you know, it's been here for a while. 81 price target, 80 and a half price target. I'm trying to find some charts to kind of show you. Uh, here's a Q. Okay. So here's a quarterly level for TLT right down here um, at 80.50. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if it gets supported. That's really more the point. Um, but I have some other ones that I had posted that might be a little bit more helpful. Um, that's quarterly. Where the heck is it? Oh, let's see if I can find it. There it is. Okay, so here you go. So uh, this was posted last month, but the point is there's your head and shoulders in TLT. By the way, this is a lovely channel, uh, basically 40 years, but uh, let's big picture. But this was a 2009 high at 81.23 in TLT. Okay. Um, and I got some other, you know, funky little intermarket analysis, but basically this is still in distribution, still in distribution, still in distribution. So we don't have a bottom yet, but uh, here's your 2009 around 80 and a half or 81. A lot has to do with this uh, two and 10 year yield curve that is now on, we're not on, we're not positive. It's still negative, but it is obviously coming up and this is driving uh, bonds even lower. And of course, there are lots of reasons why we have uh, bonds selling off. So until we get a panic of buying um, or until we get some weakness in economic data, which we've not been having, uh, we don't have a, a safety yet in bonds. So that's the best I can offer you up is eight, 80 and a half or 81 area for TLT. And then let's see, does that help? All right. Uh, fuel cell. Yeah, these are, these must be kind of like momentum trades for you. This is out of play. So you got to let me know your time frame. In other words, this isn't a protracted downturn. First of all, it wasn't a downturn even before. Oh yeah, this is a penny stock. Yuck. So this is completely 100% not safe. This is a zombie. This is probably going to go bye-bye. Um, you can see where we had 2021, you know, all the meme stocks and basically everything of momentum and speculation that uh, rose up from the grave uh, came right back down into the grave and it should stay there. So you are looking for something, but I'm not sure what I don't like the options. Nope. I don't like the options. Look at the, look at the IV. Really? This is a 1000 IV. The only thing you can do with that is sell it. So I don't like the options market. It's actually a penny stock, uh, one for 12. Yep. It's, oops, sorry. It's actually a penny stock. So you're picking the most unsavory stocks to trade, which means you either have insider knowledge, if you are bullish or on this one, or you don't know how unsafe it is. There is no option market that is safe for liquidity. It is a hedge fund darling to short. So you're working against the current. You're swimming against the current. Or you're looking for some very short duration like penny, um, you know, pennies, only pennies. Unfortunately, I see this as pennies before the steamroller. So it's I'm out. Zim, and sorry for that background noise. Didn't know they would be coming to cut down trees outside. <laughs> but that's exactly what you hear is the chipper. Um, the, the, the saws, the chipper, they're busy. So hopefully you can hear me okay. All right, um, Zim. Zim's totally out of play too, unfortunately. I know it was a darling. It was a darling. Here is basically where it came into play. Kind of looked like a SPAC, right? Um, shipping, darling, shipping, darling. Nope, it's completely out of play. There's nothing here that's bullish. Zip zero. They have earnings on 11.15. I have no edge, but it looks terrible. Um, I have Sting. Is This is in my trend long portfolio. This is what you want. 
See this beautiful 10 week stays within the 10 week. Even if it pulls back, it gets back above the 10 week. Now it's been kind of digesting sideways. Also LNG, if you want that, these are shippers by the way, but they're in a particular space of sending um, stuff to Europe, for example. Uh, LNG is also fine, but Zim, no, it doesn't have any appeal to me. It looks um, also at risk. PDBC, Invesco Optimum Yield Diversified something something. Okay, that's not a stock and it's extremely thinly traded. Let's see. Okay, I'm not sure what to do about this one um, because this is more for fixed income players, uh, mutual funds, Not def definitely, definitely not something that is your usual and customary kind of um, uh, equity index or ETF. So I can only chart it. Can't tell you anything about it. Uh, once it gets above 15, you'll have a chance a chance to go fill this gap. So basically 1519 is a trigger. It tried to get above it once, it failed. Next time it needs to stick that landing in order for it to move up, it's gonna be slow, it'll take months. This is a slow mover that I can see with very, 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 very thin liquidity. They're coming in with some, you know, chunky little options that are extremely wide. So yeah. There's nothing in here that, that's really a robust options market. And I don't see this as um, anything more than maybe you have some reason for liking this, but I don't know what it is. I wouldn't do it. All right. Soxel is the uh, semi um, short direction. Again, you guys love this stuff. Could you maybe, just maybe, I'm going gonna, I'm I'm gonna to take a wild guess that some of you are newer here to trading, right? Avoid the direction products at, if you can. Just, just make it a practice to find something else. The options market is um, much, much better, thicker, friendlier in some other place. Just, just food for thought. Um, anyway, semis are rolling over. It's taking a long time. In fact, on my YouTube channel, I actually talk about this very, very specifically. Um, again, it's only a 10-minute interview, but uh, take a look at this interview that I did with Stock Charts TV right here, right? Like that, I literally talk about summies right here. So if you could grab that one because it's 10 minutes and uh, I think it'd be more efficient. Um, but in a, the in a nutshell, I'm waiting for this to roll over. <laughs> so these red lines are actually, this is SMH. I'm going to use SMH instead of the Direxian, but it's the same concept, right? You're wanting to short. You're you're expecting this, I guess, to uh, to, to, to fade. I know I am too, um, but it has some work to do. It's still is in distribution. This is, by the way, the red, um, our monthly levels of resistance. This is tag you're it, came right back in. It's very shy. If you want to short it for a swing swing time frame, time frame, which means like a few weeks, you want to make sure that it does not, first of all, get above that trend line, right? And then if you want a tighter stop, make sure it doesn't close above 148 area and just let this thing fall. Just let this thing fall. 141, 138, 130 have some patience. It will do this. It'll tag, it'll jump. If it's a true short, it'll tag, it'll jump. It'll break again, it'll jump. It'll break, it'll jump, it'll go down. They don't all show up like VMware, where this was like, OMG, expansion bar extravaganza, right? That's not normal. Anyway, that's software, not semis, right? NVIDIA looks just like it because NVIDIA is the leader of the semi-pack. I'm short NVIDIA, not Direxian. AMD, that's a different little one, isn't it? All right, so I know a lot of people that are very uh, bullish about this, but it's still gonna have a lot of headwinds with semis, uh, semi weakness. We have obviously potential conflict building. Um, it's, it's, it's supply disruption and, and demand destruction. Um, earnings are in one week. So you need to let me know, are you looking at a chase, a swing or a time frame? Is this an investment? What? What I have is obviously the, the whole kind of kit and caboodle of um, semis went into sideways distribution. NVIDIA was the, the darling and now NVIDIA is uh, having some, um, uh, let's just say that, what do you call it? Vertigo, case of vertigo, right? Uh, I got to go NVIDIA to talk about AMD. Case of vertigo, meaning this, right? So what is this? Up 300% roughly, more? I don't even know, 600%? I, I'm, I'm terrible with math. Anyway, the point is it's up a lot and it's priced to perfection. And over the past you know, 10 years, it's had a compounding um, annual um, uh, 
uh, rate of return of 60%. No other stock has that, period, end of point, not even Apple. So yes, distribution means selling under the surface um, and it's not just insiders. So careful on any of the semi-plays because as NVIDIA rolls over, which is heavily weighted in semis, AMD will just go along for the ride. Even if you like it, even if you're bullish, even if you think it's a great competitive you know, play or uh, you know, uh, sympathy to NVIDIA, it's gonna, I don't care. Um, big picture, it is. it was very bullish engulfing. It got above that trend line in the 10 week. It tagged its you know, head on the 21 and started to roll over again. It's got risk of rolling over. The only way that it's really gonna come out of this is if it can get and stay above, kind of like the 110 area. So right now it's on support, hasn't done anything terrible, but it sure looks like it wants to go back and, and shimmy down this trend line. So on a short duration, in other words, the next few days or weeks, it looks like it wants to hit 100, you know, 97, 95. Doesn't look like it's going to be very bullish, put it that way. PDD is probably the only China play that has been absolutely outperforming. So I have a client that made a fortune on this. Um, literally was extremely bullish from the bottom. I think he was watching his wife shop. I don't, he, he literally said, there's no way this isn't going to um, take off. And he was right. And he has been trading this extremely well. He's out by the way. So he thinks it's also priced to perfection. Um, I have not studied it the, the way that he has, but he shared his um, rationale and his trade setups every time he did it. Um, and this was outsized uh, move. And then he, even though it had a short report come in and hit it, um, and then it rolled over um, and I had a little bit, but didn't stick around. Uh, it has continued to kind of shock and amaze how strong this is where the rest of um, the China plays are what you'd call biding time as they roll over. Um, this is a trend line I've been waiting for Baidu to come and kind of tag. So nothing, this is waterfall cascade type of stuff. And uh, PDD is just bucking the trend. So I would say... Okay, so you're going to have to wait a little bit, Robert, or you're going to maybe some protection would be in order. But I think that 8025, whatever I just showed you, eight, not 8025, um, the 80 and a half, 81 area is uh, best hope of the 2009 uh, level. And then we should get some, we should get some support. All right, Palatier has been um, one that, so here's the deal. <laughs> um, when they had earnings, if anyone, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time I did this. Uh, I think I did talk about this the last time I did this. All right. So when this had earnings right back here, May 8th into literally Tuesday the 9th, I run a live trading room, right? So I look at every single earnings play that comes out to see what's up, right? But to see if it's going to be a chase, a swing, or a trend. And I don't think I've ever seen so much money come in to one play. Like I, I, It has been such a long time. I can't even remember it. But I will remember Palatier. It had massive volume come in, massive volume come in. So I wasn't at all even aware of this until it opened that next day. And the interesting thing is price didn't move very much, but the volume was amazing. So it was absorbing that supply of sellers right down here in that kind of nine area. Recommended it long, very much so. Because there's just, there's just, where's the money going? It's it's absorbing the sellers and it's going to move higher. And it did. So now that we're way to heck up here, you can kind of see on a weekly, right? Here's that 10 week I love so much. We got extended. We came back in. We've been digesting. We move a little bit. We're getting into resistance. We're digesting. So really, this one depends so much on your time frame, right? I know there are, I, I don't go with the, the, the folks that are just married to a particular stock because of some thesis. That does not work for me, not not now, not ever. But Palatier had phenomenal volume. It made a lot of sense to go long. Right now it's in distribution, which means it hasn't broken down, but it's not It's a, not a momentum play anymore. Um, it definitely had some bullish bent to it. Earnings are coming up 11-2. So we'll find out in a few weeks, um, you know, if, if the hubbub is, is, is worth it. But right now this is just in distribution. I don't think it's going to go very far at all. Um, it needs to stay above the 10 and 21, which is about, you know, this 1587. And I wish I had more on it. I need to have a little bit more of like definition of if you are day trading this, it's a, it's a chop fest. Um, 
on a swing standpoint, I said, if it got back above 17, it was good. But if it gets back underneath 17, it's bad. In other words, it's fake breakout, fast failure. Right now, this is the only thing that I've got right now of a level of support is 17. And on a weekly, as long as it stays above this kind of 1486, 1587 level, um, it can continue to digest. But 11.2 earnings, no edge. No, VRT is not in any way, shape or form, unfortunately, on my swing or trend list. I didn't even notice it. So congratulations. Now, here's the thing with this. Electronic components, though, as a group, had a massive supply disruption that, that was not made up right away, you know, post-COVID or post-Ukraine, especially post-Russia uh, uh, invasion of Ukraine. Seriously, it was massive, massive display um, uh, supply disruption. So I don't even know if they're, hold on, let me just see something. Capitalization. Right now we're going sideways, right? So we've already had this massive move higher, beautiful 45 degree angle, massive breakout. Then we went sideways in time, which is basically instead of coming all the way back down to the mean, which is this 10 week, it literally only pulled back two weeks before moving higher. Shallow pullbacks are good. Once we get back inside, however, just be careful, right? Once we get back inside 3660, this thing can unfortunately retrace some levels lower. So it's got to be a really strong fundamental reason. And um, when I say travel lower, I can't even see it on... Nope, I missed that. In other words, the reasons that caused it to gap up 2653 is literally where this thing moved very, very strongly. And you want to make sure it doesn't fall into some air pocket of risk. And how I define that is right now we got a head and shoulders on a daily, right? You can see this kind of head and shoulders sideways. It's breaking a trend line. Right now it looks very much like it's going to come back down to this kind of 3669 area and it looks like it's going to bust it. And why I say that is because we've got some volume picking up here. We're down 4.26. Yeah, we've had some volume pick up even before this sell-off today. So here's your 55-day. There's your mean, 36.60. They're about the same. In other words, this uh, 55 is 36.12. And uh, this 10-week is about 36.60. So you want to stay, if you're bullish, you want to stay on the north side of this. Once it comes back inside, you're going to start to open up the Bollinger Bands and work down to the 100-day. If the 100-day gives up in a few weeks, then it would make itself and fill that gap. So if it's a strong stock, it won't do that. It'll stay above. Annette, Arista. Uh, this has done nothing. Honestly, I underestimated this in a big way. So it, got, it was too choppy for me. Really, 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 really too choppy. It had a big, huge sell-off. It was 50-week, and then it had a massive recovery. And then it faded over the next month and then it popped up over the next month and then it dumped again and then it shot up again. That's not, that's, I don't like drama. That's too much drama for me, um, but it has done fine, right? It, literally, it's still above the 10 week. It's been digesting for the past two months, two months below this 196 area, hasn't fallen apart, um, hasn't done anything wrong yet. It's just a little bit too dramatic for me. Um, earnings on 1030. So you've got uh, less than two weeks to uh, to figure out if you want to stay long. But from a trend and swing standpoint, this thing is still, if I just kind of clean it up, it's, it's got a big, what I call aura of volatility, right? So 171 to 131, 179 to 146. It, it, it's, it's, it moves, but it's moving higher. On a shorter duration, you can see where it's starting to break down a little bit. The market's also very soft, and it's today breaking the Bollinger Band and opening that up on an intraday. So I would think that this is going to get a little bit more weakness because tech right now is soggy with a very strong 10-year. Um, if that breaks, you probably have a quick shot down to about 185, and then let's see. All right, so what was my price target for SPX today? Almost there, 426850, not my first rodeo. IWM, I'm, I'm not on the, I'm uh, next six months, not, not my thing. Sorry. So what I do is I look for the, uh, for stuff that's going to last for a good long while, meaning multiple months into potentially multiple years. I look for a theme. In other words, the strongest macro theme or the strongest sector rotation. And then it's 
uh, usually the strongest stock in the strongest sector that is breaking out up on the highs. IWM is doing the exact opposite. I, IWM is basically nice and it is breaking lower. So I have a price target for now of 165. I have a lot of charts that I do on, on NYSC. And if you follow me on Twitter or, you know, whatever, you'll know that I am very, 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 um, uh, let's, what's, what's the word? Consistent in saying we have not seen a capitulatory low. In fact, that is, that was the whole theme. That was the whole theme of my uh, six days ago, a client post that I did. Here are all the reasons to be bullish and yet still waiting for a capitulatory low. I didn't trust the market. I didn't trust the market. I didn't trust the market. And that's all there's to say about that. NYSE's breaking down, advanced decline. Um, VIX is still, you know, percolating higher. We haven't gotten into backwardation yet, but I think we will. Here's NYSE um, for new high, new lows. You know, it's it's very bullish here. It's not here. Well, we're back inside, right? I, I could go over lots and lots of NYSE charts, but the point is... Um, my biggest one is that the uh, IWM to SPY is at 2008 lows, and that's not bullish. That means that there are going to be zombies that just don't make it out. Um, I don't have that chart here. Yeah, that was when I had my 4.7 will equal TLT 85. Anyway, the point is I'm not um, um, I'm not bullish and nicey. So the but but we could have peace in the Middle East in the market rallies. We could have the dollar break down below 105.77 on a weekly and the market could rally. We could have the 10-year come back down in because they have intervention or because uh, something bad happens. The point is, I have no crystal ball on where IWM is going to be in the next eight months. I can tell you when it's safe to buy and when it's not safe to buy. And it's not safe to buy right now. What do you mean you can't hear anything? Can you hear me? Okay, Exxon. All right, so Exxon is a trend long. And there are a few reasons for it. One, because I had a very big theme in again this kind of uh, summer of 2020, but it wasn't until it was not until until November, and then it really took off in 2021. Um, this theme of energy um, and oil as an inflation hedge. I basically wrote an article in March of 2021, and the whole theme was oil as an inflation hedge. Exxon is just a proxy for that, and they are also huge. They're not ever going to go away. Nope, never. Neither Chevron for that matter. So I like these two. And both of them were added basically in that whole, you know, onslaught of uh, everything uh, is locked down. We won't have mobility. Oil is a mobility trade. I like Exxon a lot better than Chevron, by the way. Uh, same reason for Oxy, Berkshire's, you know, big stake. They're not going away. Um, so uh, Exxon falls right into the same category. And I think Berkshire has the best quote ever, Buffett. He says, owning energy companies won't make me super rich. It will keep me super rich. So I'm really, I'm all about that. So I think that works as a as a very long-term holding, but you might be asking about a different time frame. And in that particular case, you need to let me know, let me know like for example, I had no idea that they were going to make an offer for PXD, but I did have a short swing on XLE. And it was literally put on right about here. And right, I wanted this to break down, this to break down, it almost always goes against me. And it did. And then this worked out beautifully, right? This was XLE. XLE is mostly Exxon. The weighting of Exxon and XLE is huge. So the point is, you can still play directional moves on a smaller time frame. But I don't know what your time frame is for Exxon. Okay, Google is one of the mega cap tech plays that has not fallen apart and it's still doing really, really well. But I see it as resistance at 138. So um, actually, I had this as a swing long and then I took it off and made it a short and it went against me. And I'm still waiting for it to kind of come back down. But Google has not broken its trend. So you got to let me know about the time frame again. This is a trend, which means it hasn't done anything wrong, but I think 138 is going to be the top. I think it's going to start to roll over. It hasn't yet. Um, I'm waiting. <laughs> Devin is um, looking at m and I believe. Anyway, it's a nice bounce um, off of the 200 week. It's having a hard time getting going. Um, I don't know if they're the e actually, that's the really, that's a big missing link right here. Most of the oil and gas E&P plays have been doing phenomenal. This one is uh, not. Anyway, 
it doesn't have the same backdrop in, uh, of bullishness until it can get and stay above 54. Uh, that'll be a very nice 54.26 and then back above this kind of 60 area. That'd be very bullish. I'm never going to get through all this stuff. Okay, so I don't know what one you're talking about. Oh, thank you so much. It just hit 30% selling volume yesterday. Unfortunately, because I'm scrolling down through this, I don't know what ticker you're referring to. You got it in May, flat base breakout. That's it for me. You're doing, okay, thank you for that. Okay, yes, uh, well, you know, VIX is getting um, suppressed for sure. Otherwise, we would have had a lot more volatility by now. Absolutely. UNG is not my favorite, but let me look at um, the real quick before we lose daylight here. Um, where, where, where is my, hold on. So here is oil. I'm going to go in the underlying, this is not gas, right? So it's a weather play. Um, and it did start to come in off this base. I did recommend this and now it's come back down. It's doing its widow making, you know, um, it's very famous for being a widow maker. It came back down, needed to get protected because if it breaks this 340, it's going to come back down potentially all the way. So if we have a cold winter, this works. Um, you know, we export abroad, it works. Uh, there are some plays that are underneath, by the way, Nat Gas that are even nicer. My preference, honestly, is EQT. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed recently, but uh, SWN also has a lot of um, assets tied to Nat Gas. That spiked higher um, on an acquisition chase. AR is also another play. And LNG exports this stuff. So this is actually a long. Um, so I like to play this over UNG. UNG is a one of those incredibly frustrating derivative products, right? See? So you can trade it, but not invest in it, my humble opinion. We have this until the literally eight was price target because what do we have? A descending 200. What happens when you hit the 200 that's descending? It's resistance and back down it came. I don't like trading derivative products that are meant to go down. If I want to go along, I'm going to find something else. Okay, so um, Amazon. Amazon has crossed over. Um, very nice, by the way. Uh, 146, it needs to stay below or I am wrong. But this was a massive bearish expansion candle. Not engulfing, but expansion. And then it kind of hovered here at the 21. It bounced, but it couldn't, couldn't keep it up. This is now the 10 and 21 uh, crossover on a weekly means that is a trend reversal. So earnings are going to come up. We won't know what happens, right? We've, we've already had one of the six of the seven generals fail Tesla. Amazon will probably do okay on their retail, maybe not so much on AWS, but now you need both to justify these very high uh, valuations. So when I say like the 10 and 21 starts to cross over, you can see it even more, more accurately if I do this. So see how the Apple, by the way, it hit... Um, it hit monthly, like in two different areas. That was a gorgeous area to trade low. In other words, low risk entry short. But you can see here where the 10 and 21 crossed over right here, and it has stayed firmly below. Even if it's bouncing, it's making lower highs, lower highs. So all we need to really do is take out this 171 to kind of make it sure, make it, make it for sure happen. But Amazon and Apple, and Google, and Microsoft, and a little bit of Tesla, and NVIDIA, not so much Netflix, are very much the safety trade, otherwise known as the Magnificent Seven. Uh, the New York Fang is actually made up of eight stocks, includes some smaller ones that you wouldn't, you'd be surprised to find in, in the New York Fang, but it still mirrors that same concentration risk. I actually have um, a formula for all of the key FANG stocks, right? So you get the, the Apple, the Microsoft, the Google, the Amazon, um, Apple again. Okay, anyway, point is, <laughs> this looks just like that New York FANG. It looks just like the Qs. It has basically tapped out on until we can get and stay above, you know, this level. And then we have every bullish bent, um, you know, at our, at our back. But until that happens, it's a distribution, and everything else underneath the surface has already succumbed to massive uh, breadth destruction across the board. The market is flat year to date if you remove these seven mega cap tech plays. And if you look into the individual components of like, for example, the Russell 2000, we're down eight, nine percent. This is holding up the market for sure. The heavy weighting in NASDAQ and SPY. So that is why I kind of watch that very, very closely. All right, I've got two more, AXP and Etsy. 
And then I got to look at the final, final market and see where we're at. We didn't move too much. So that's good. Yeah, unfortunately, Etsy's having a tough time. Earnings on the first retail, they say it's better. Um, it really, it has to get above 69.45. We had a two-day surge. I know that because there was a client that asked about that. Unfortunately, we've pulled back. This is the, the so in other words, this is the chase time frame it needs to hold above. Um, this is the daily time frame it really needs to get above to move higher. And this is the weekly time frame it really, really needs to get above. Uh, and hold in order to move higher. So right now, it had two days of very strong momentum gains and then um, rejection. So not really a lot to go on here. What that tells me that there's still a massive amount of sellers. So every, you've heard of short the rip or buy the dip. Etsy is a short the rip and it does not have a 10 and 21 crossover to save its life. So it's going to need a massive move, massive move and then time to absorb those sellers. Until then, it's a short the rip, but it depends on your time frame, right? And then um, AXP, they are shockingly, despite well run, not doing as well as Visa and MasterCard. Lots and lots of fees are also getting removed. They have uh, earnings tomorrow. So I've got absolutely no edge. We tapped the, the 55 and came right back down. This is just in sideways distribution. Um, worries about the consumer or, again, um, just massively in distribution. There isn't really anything here except that it's on a 20, uh, sorry, a 200 week support. Can it get back and stay above, get back above the 10? You got earnings tomorrow. Um, I wish I knew. Yep. I really don't have an edge with that one at all. Yeah. Visa and MasterCard have already started to succumb to some selling, but they haven't really, really broken down. And AXP has already broken down and really hasn't succumbed to buying. Um, PayPal and Roblox are the same kind of mid-cap tech plays, oversold, every short the rip, right? It's in a protracted downtrend. The only times we get some really strong momentum higher is when we have what's called um, hedge fund factor rotation. It means short covering. So it basically means that the VIP stocks, the Magnificent Seven, start going down and the meme or the oversold shorts start going up. It doesn't last though, unfortunately, because the business model is still in trouble. All right. I think I got one minute left. Uh, Roblox is trying to come up off the bottom. It's got a whole host of problems. So this is another kind of broken one. And then last but not least, it's four o'clock. We came down to ah, 4269.69. I'm a buck off. Anyway, it's uh it's it's great to be here. Thank you again. Um Really, Anka and David, I appreciate this kind of live trading room feel, which is what I do every morning from 9 to 11. And again, feel free to just check out the um, YouTube channel, my Twitter channel, my website, Leduc Trading, and you'll see a little bit more and maybe communities more for you. I run the club product and Craig runs Macro Advisor Edge. Have a great afternoon.